1: The game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. There will not be much time to uh, get in, so now is the time to do it. If you would like to or the first segment in the next hour, we're going to have Luke Johnson on in the next segment, and then we'll be talking um, fantasy football with the guru in a little over an hour. So um, lots of uh, interviews today, and so you have to pick your spots if you would like to get in. I just don't even know what's going on with the Astros anymore. I mean, you know, the Rays haven't been around for that long. When did they come in? Sometime in the late 90s, Uh, and they struggled and struggled and struggled. And to be fair, you know, for the first however many years the Rays were around, they were fifteen years maybe some there. Uh, they were the Astros were in the National League before they got extorted by the commissioner. Uh, it's now the sometimes extortion is good. We found out because that the American League treated the Astros very Astros very well. But even though you're not talking about a really large sample size. That's the first time the Astros have ever swept the Rays in Tampa. Ever. It's only the second time they ever swept the Rays in a series. in a series period. Like the very first time they faced the old Tampa Bay Double Rays, I think they said that was in 03 maybe some somewhere in that era. Um they swept them in Houston. And since then, they've never swept they haven't swept him any other times until these last three days and they only scored two runs in three games i mean it's just wow i i don't I don't know what's going on they need they need to they need to lose some games to um you know i I don't want to to Rockefeller's point yesterday, I really don't want to set like the franchise record for wins, or anything. you don't want to do all that stuff. You want to you want to keep the Piper focused on other people. Uh, like I heard yesterday, I mean, I know Judge has been hot, but I heard yesterday he's hitting like four seventy or something crazy this month, folks. We're almost in October. Today's like the twenty second. Is that correct? The twenty second. Like, we're not that – the month is not, like, just one week old. That's way too good. You can't you can't do that. You can't hit that good. Because how, how are you going to hit in in October if you're hitting, you know, almost 500 in September? Then it, 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 man, that is not – if I'm a Yankee fan, I am not – I would not be – if I'm a Yankee fan that understands baseball, um, if it was that easy, people would have hit 400. No one's even come close to hitting 400 in a long time. So hitting 450, 460, whatever he's hitting this, month, it's unbelievable. He didn't hit a homer last night, but he had two doubles. I mean, he, he he he's doing too good. If I was the Yankee fan, I would not feel good about that. Unless you know you just care about this home run race stuff. It's very hard to it's very hard to follow up one of those months by hitting in the next month. The Piper gets you. Piper is not happy with judge right now and so I I don't want to I don't want them angry at the Astros and need to lose a few games but man they just pitching and the beauty of the Astros recent play is with a few exceptions it's been with pitching they ha- they've scored enough runs but they haven't scored like crazy amount of runs you know they're winning four to two five two five nothing you know those that's all great those are those are perfect victories. You don't want to win like twelve to two. And that, that's silliness. But um, it is, uh, or fourteen to two, like someone else did last night. That, that that's not good. But um, I don't know. It's just craziness. I, I I appreciate it. It's fun. There's no question. It's fun in the moment. Uh, so the Astros have ninety nine wins with twelve games left. Ninety nine with twelve games left. So if they go like eight and four, nine, I think it's gonna. I'll have to look at. A, is it one oh, something like that? They go like nine and three, eight and four. They might set the be right at setting the. I don't want to do that. They need to go like. Of course, five losses seem that that's, that's kind of a lot. But seven and five or eight and four might be the first, Might be the the best route for them to go. Maybe seven and five. But the way they're playing right now, I don't know if they're gonna lose five games unless they just stop pitching people they're just pitching outstanding outstanding it is uh it's scary all right we got football tonight the browns and the steelers you know from a fantasy standpoint it really i i I hate i i got some a tough fantasy decision or two because those two stupid teams are playing tonight uh, one of them's going to be 2-1, and one, one's going to be 1-2. and two. And so it feel, we talked about it with the Cajuns and the Tigers. It, it's kind of a um, a swing game for a lot of teams. And I often talk about it. Mean, I hadn't really looked at the schedule. Obviously, I know the Saints are going to Arneville uh, this weekend. But I haven't really looked at a lot of other teams' schedules. And it's a pretty non-cruel week. But there's one game that's really cruel. <laughs> I mean, like I've said before, the NFL schedule could be cruel. Uh, and tricky. Um, the Colts are off to an 0 2 start. I'm going to be wrong on the Colts if if they don't wake up here soon. Uh, they're off to an 0 2 start, and they and they get the Chiefs this week. Can you imagine being 0 2, and then you got to play the Chiefs? Uh, very similar to Arnolds. I I don't like playing an 0 and 2 team at their place in game three. That is a bad circumstance game. Really bad. But man, the Chiefs, the, the the Colts are the Chiefs have executed pretty well so far. The Colts are gonna have to do a pretty good about face with their execution. They've just done nothing on offense. And you know, I I thought going in Matt Ryan was better than Phillip Rivers two years ago and Carson Wentz last year, but so far In this preseason mode, it has not worked out. Now, he only has one good receiver, and that guy was out last week. So, that's kind of, ugh. We'll see. But, uh, man, if I'm a Colts fan, that's got to be pretty scary right now. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
2: Man, this this whole thing with uh, Aaron Judge, man, you have people talking about, you know, if he hit 62, I look at him as a true home run king. Oh, (laughs) Like, like, come on! Like, we just, we just gonna. I know what I know what I saw in two thousand one. You know, I know what I saw in ninety eight. We can sit up here. The people who, who's bashing it, y'all, y'all turn a blind eye to, to what was going on. Now y'all want to come back and want to bash it. No, doesn't work that way.
1: I, right, I, I, I'm more, I'm more with you. I, I, I understand why they're saying that, but I, I, I think the steroid era has been. You know, I've said it many times. We've discussed this many times. You know, highly over uh, misunderstood, and, and I, and I, I get their point, but I, I agree with you.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, and like I say, I, I think uh, Judge, I think he's going to hit at least sixty-four. I think, um, which would, of course, give him the record for the American League. Um, yeah, that's crazy, man. Where do you see the Yankees resigning him?
1: Well, I think they're going to make a big push, but I think the Giants are going to make a really big push. I wouldn't be surprised at all of the Mets make a really big push. I mean, the Giants have to do something. The you know the punks are the punks. I mean, they're 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 in, in in cruise control and they are loaded with talent. And the Padres go out and get all these players. They got Soto. Like if you care about winning, if you're the Giants, you got to make a huge push for them. I would think huge. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said, you got to make a huge push just to keep up with the Joneses in your in your division. I think the Yankees
2: are going to uh, resign them. Um, yeah, man. So, man, you. Um, <laughs> one
1: and one, huh? Uh, Against that's, that's Carolina. Man. I know you're nervous. Oh, that, that is. That is. That's all. Aw- you know, if it was two and 0 you'd be a little nervous, but you, you would feel so much better. Like, one and one just. Again, I mean, one in two teams make the playoffs, I'm sure, a ton of times. It's just – it just feels like such a swing game. And I just don't want to uphill climb right now. I, It, it just feels like the world's going to end if they lose from a Saints fan perspective. But we'll see how it plays out.
2: Hey, hey, hold on, man. One thing, man. Um, the situation with the Broncos coach, yes, I, I, I disagree with you. I, felt, I don't know what he was thinking when he decided on the first uh, week. On that Monday Night game, when he decided to kick that field goal, uh, you know, come on, you're not in Denver. You don't have that air like that. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, why not let Russell see what he can do on that fourth down? You know, since you went out and you acquired him, and then give him time uh, to a long-term deal. Why not? Let's see what he does. But but all this stuff talking about the leashes on him. He has a short leash. You know, can this man? I, like, uh, come on, y'all. Like, like let, let's. It's let's way too early for that.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's yeah. way too early for that. I, I You know, I've, I've seen some, a lot of the speculation about that or the conversation about that. And I think what some people are saying is when you are a first-year head coach, it's just too much to try to be that play caller. I get that, but other guys have done it. So I think they, he just has to do a better job of organizing and have – people with game management thoughts in his ear while he's calling plays to help him out with that process. He's got to just organize that better. All right, thank you. All right, thanks. No, look, I don't I don't know if they're going to beat. They played the a Cheaters, by the way, Sunday night. That's another interesting matchup because the Broncos, for the most part, have played pretty well. They moved the football. They had an awful half of defense. In the first half against Seattle in the opener. But they played great defense in the second half. And their defense was really good last week. Now, they weren't playing great teams. Don't get me wrong. That's true. But still, they played good defense. Um, for f- what uh, what have they played um, in three of the four halves. But... But and their offenses move the ball. They just can't finish. It's just like once they get in the red zone, they just they are really the goal zone inside the ten. They just can't do anything. It's just strange. It's like man, is this ever gonna happen? Because when they when they finally got in the end zone last week, it was from like I think it was a twenty two yard touchdown pass. It's like once they get inside the red zone, inside the 20 and especially inside the 10, it's like they it just whatever ha- it look they they've actually scored twice and it got called back by penalty. They just it just never seems to happen for them. So no, I, you know, if they win that game and they get all that stuff's going to go by the wayside. Yeah, the pe- again, people are panicking too much and making too many rash generalizations based on preseason football. That's what I keep saying. You just—it counts, but you can't say you—you've learned nothing. We went over this and tried to ex- explain kind of that point of view yesterday. It counts, but you've learned nothing. We haven't learned anything yet. It's preseason football. That's what we are. The chaos will soon end. And look, if it never ends, and they're going to be bad. I mean, that is. There are a few teams that chaos is what they're going to be. You know, a month from now. But most teams will will get settled somewhat to what they really are, you know, over the next two weeks or so. Uh, It's not going to be what you are right now. But, man, if you start out 0-3, it may not matter. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears and talk Saints with Luke Johnson. (sighs) See what he's got to say about this trip to Orneville this weekend. We will take. A timeout and be back on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. All righty, welcome back to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers, and Houston Astros want to remember or remind you, speaking of the Astros, running out of time, precious little time, if you would like to get eligible for, for Astro Weekend Getaway, you have to join the Game Rewards Club. And if you do, you could win four tickets to the Saturday, October 1st game against the Tampa Bay Rays, as well as a uh, tour of Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations for that Saturday evening. Last Astro Weekend Giveaway: If you would like to win, you need to register now. Powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La in Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right. We have with us Luke Johnson of the Advocate in How are you, sir?
3: I'm doing great, Kevin. Thanks for having me on as usual.
1: Well, I, I you know, l- 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 let's start with something that none of us know about, and a lot of people have speculated on the whole Jameis medical issue. The last I've heard that you know it, it, he's not really going to make it worse. It's something that. Uh, could be affecting them but it's pain management there's not a huge risk involved and it could be going in a week or two I mean is that kind of your understanding or 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 should the concern be deeper about that for for Saints fans
3: yeah that's my understanding uh, but as far as the timetable I'm not sure on that I, I don't know if, if this is something that could be better in a week or two um but everything else I I, I do think that is the case and and this is again this is you know, this is based off of what everybody else has reported because um, you know, the Saints haven't said a damn thing about it, right? <laughs> you know, that, like we asked Jameis five different ways yesterday if he could tell us like what kind of pain he's in, and he's like, "I'm just focused on ball." I'm like, "Okay, well, that's going nowhere." <laughs> yes. So, you know, that's that's kind of that's just kind of where they're at right now. So, you know, it, it is it is Jameis Winston dealing with what we are assuming is. A pretty significant amount of pain. I mean, anybody who's had a back injury knows that those are those are not fun injuries. Um, you know, they're they're pretty debilitating. Um, but you know, I, I mean, he was out there throwing the ball around on on Sunday. Threw the ball. And, you know, I think I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Probably somewhere close to forty times. Um, you know, I, I, and the Saints just appear comfortable letting it ride at this point and um, um, so.
1: but but Luke do you also because I was told and again I don't we're all like I said we're all speculating I was told that it's some it's the kind of back injury that's cl- too close to the spinal cord where he can't get injections to ease the pain kind of thing it's not that kind of deal
3: right right uh, yeah so it's not like he's going to go get shot up with right. uh, you know lidocaine or whatever the you know whatever it is that that guys you know inject to, to play through something you know, this is just something he's going to have to he's going to have to manage, um, and something he's going to have to just literally just deal with if he wants to be out there on the field. So, uh, you know, again, as far as timetable with when he might be feeling closer to normal, I don't I don't think anybody really knows, um, and the Saints aren't you know they they surely aren't uh, coming out and telling us that. Right. So it, I mean, it's just look, it's something that we're going to have to keep an eye out on, right? Because we've only known about this since Sunday. And then his first game out there with this known issue, um, you know, he throws three fourth quarter interceptions. So, you know, I, I think there's there's justifiable questions about this, about whether it's impacting his play. Um, and you know, they can say it's not, but you know, until he proves otherwise, I, I think you have to you have to wonder whether this is this is something that's that's adversely impacting the team.
1: Well, and again, there's no – the the problem is, in my mind, they're still in preseason mode football like just about everybody in the NFL is. Okay, so – and you have – you know, you're still dealing with new newcomers, and so there's all that to be worked at. So there's no way of knowing how much of his incomplete passes or his interceptions or just, the, you know, where he's going with the ball has to do with his injury, has to do with – you know, still only being the second game of the season and they don't play in the preseason. And and, and, you, and there's just no way of knowing how much stock you put in each one of those things.
3: Correct, yeah. And so and, everybody's you know, we, we just get, talking. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Sunday should provide a better barometer, right? The, 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 more, the more data you get right. on something, the, 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 the more you're able to, to kind of definitively say, yeah. You know, okay. This is this and that is that. So, but again, the other um, thing I
1: had, the other thing I struggle with all of this is, if Superman doesn't fumble and the officials don't just start making up calls out of the blue, he throws one interception and it, and, it, and it was a punt that the receiver should have. has got to do a better job of knocking down. You know, I I just think sometimes we we don't put everything through a filter.
3: Yeah, I mean that's true, but I, I think that the the two the second. Second and third interceptions he threw, and he owned up to this yesterday. They were, they were bad decisions and bad throws, right?
1: Oh, no arguing I, for, that. Yeah, no
3: them. arguing that. Yeah, and, and the
1: second look, one was I, not an interception. If Patrick Mahomes threw the same pass, it was not. But anyway, we, we, we won't we won't want to go through that. The, yeah, through that yeah. I, I,
3: I, look, I, I I don't think that's. <laughs> I love you, Kevin. I don't think that's true. I, I think it was a pass. Well, it it, it, and, it was uh,
1: in the ball. He had less control of the ball than Samuel did Thursday. In my, you you don't think Samuel had more control of the ball? Samuel had the ball, his hands around the ball much longer, and more of his hands around the ball on Mahomes' interception that wasn't Thursday that that was overturned and totally changed that game than than than, than he had in this one.
3: In my yeah, mind, yeah. I just anyway, I, you know, it, it, we're, it, this is like getting past the point here, though. Like I, I think, I think, yeah, you know, that game was still, they still had a chance, right? They they were down, what?
1: Twenty-seven,
3: three. Yeah, you know. I, I, either way, I, I mean, you know, both of those interceptions were in plus territory. You know, I, I think that.
1: Oh, there's no arguing how bad of passes they were. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just. I, I, just, I, I mean,
3: and, and the decisions. You know, you had to get guys open underneath on both of them. You, know, you you live to play another day instead of trying to squeeze a, a throw into a tight window and you compound it by making a throw. You know, I, I just think that. You know the, the decision making needs to be better too. If especially if if he's at all physically limited, um, you know he, he can't be making those types of throws, and he knows that.
1: Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not real comfortable with how many targets Alave got. I, I don't know. Um, you know why he's not throwing underneath? Because it, it, do you, do you fear that it's a when in doubt I'm just going to throw deep kind of thing. Or why why would Michael Thomas not be leading the team in targets?
3: Well, you know, I think this was uh yeah, first of all I, I agree I, I, Mike Thomas needs to be getting the ball more, right? And and especially when when he's open, they need to connect on those. Like they, they you know, one of those one of those takes he had Mike open wide open underneath, um for you know what probably would have been about a ten yard gain on second and fifteen, you know, maybe even more. Um and another one he had Thomas open on a corner route and then you overthrew him. Like he needs to connect on those, he needs to throw the ball to him more often. I, I think Mike is proved that he's he's back from his injury and he's he's kinda of back to his old self. They just need to connect more. But as far as the the deep shots to allow you know, I, I think I I think I understand why they went for him. You know, it's because they were there. And if he would have made better throws, you know, we're having a different conversation. Um, yeah, you know, the first one he was wide open. No safety help in the middle of the field. He had inside leverage on the guy. All he needed to do was kind of throw it toward the middle of the field and give him enough room to run under it. And instead, he overthrew him toward the boundary, and Olave loses balance trying to track the ball over the opposite shoulder. Um, you know, and and uh, the first interception, he, he was he had nobody in front of him. If, if James would have put the ball out in front, he would have had a touchdown. You know, so so I don't think that that the decision making was necessarily bad, and targeting Olave a lot. Um, but, you know, they need to connect on those if they're going to throw five or six of those a game. And, uh, and, you know, Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry both need to be, I think, pretty big parts of the passing game.
1: Absolutely. All right. Again, we're speaking with Luke Johnson of the advocate at NOLA.com. The thing that surprised me the most, I was shocked at how well the Saints ran the ball right at the Buccaneers' defense. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot of that, even in all these, you know, regular season victories and blowout wins over the, the Yucks in recent years. So am I putting too much in that as a positive sign or what did you think of that?
3: No, I, they, I really do think they, you know, I think they, they had a huge bounce back performance. Uh, it just it, strictly speaking from, from the offensive line, you know, they had a, a pretty rough go of it in Atlanta and, um, and I think they did a really nice job opening holes in the run game. You know, Mark Ingram. Look, I look back at the numbers. He was he was facing an eight-man box on 40% of his his touches, and, um, and he still averaged six yards of carry. And I think that was really a lot of that goes to the offensive line and how well they did run blocking against a very stout defensive front. And I think they did a pretty good job pass protecting too, even though you know the six sacks would would argue with that. Um, you know, two of those were were basically Winston scrambles that that you know. Uh, got stopped for basically zero yardage and um and you know only only one of those was was kind of one of those kind of concerning breakdowns in pass protection that that we saw a lot of in week one um you know i, I think they they did a lot better job both in terms of, of protecting the pass or opening holes in the run game and i think that's really really encouraging moving forward because that's a like again a very good buccaneers defensive front
1: do you feel like You know, a lot of people are very, a lot of fans that I hear are just really upset with Hurst's play. Do you feel like Hurst's play has been pretty substandard through two games?
3: I think it's probably what you should be expecting, right? I think he was, I think he was an average left tackle when he filled in for Teron Armstead last year. You know, there's there's a reason they drafted Trevor Penning in the first round, right? Hurst is gonna, he's gonna give you okay play. Right, that's just that's kind of who he is as a player. Um, you know, it's just kind of kind of what he is. So um, people can be upset about it, but this is kind of what they were. You know, people were were wanting in the off season. They were saying, let's let Teron Armstead walk because he's never healthy. It's like, well, you know, the guy you got behind him is is like just just they. Like he's he's a pretty good offensive lineman. He's an average starter, and you know at a. Free in position like that, you know, you, you, you kind of want more. So, you know, they're just going to kind of have to have to deal with that over the course of the year and, and keep those you know, keep those running backs ready and pass protection because I think that's that's kind of an area of weakness on this
1: line. To, to make to make uh, Saints fans feel just a little bit better, I saw Teron Armstead is on the Dolphins injury report once again. But anyway, um, so you know, I, do you do you sense that? Um, 41 is going to play Sunday. I know it's way too early, but I mean it seems kind of headed in that direction.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I think that's that's my guess. You know, it, it was kind of surprising to see him out there warming up on Sunday. Um yeah, you know, that, that's kind of a little bit of a departure from uh the Sean Payton era where if a guy didn't practice on Thursday, Friday, you could basically go ahead and count him out for the game. And the Saints uh they gave Alvin Kamara a look on Sunday and, and saw how he was and really legitimately made a game time decision on him. So um, you know, he was out there practice yesterday. He didn't look um, like he was, you know, nursing anything. Obviously, it, you know, it's kind of tough to tell that in a practice setting with a guy who's dealing with a rib injury. But um, yeah, I, I would anticipate that he'll be out there on Sunday. Yeah.
1: Um the the Ornos have had a tough time defending the run through two weeks. Now, again, it, I've been saying it over and over. It's preseason mode. We don't know anything about what the, how a lot of these teams are really going to be come a month from now. But they have had trouble running, stopping the run. So it seemed like there's a lot of talk about Jameis and Jameis and Jameis. But really, this game, th- does it not need to just be about the running game primarily?
3: I, I mean, I think it does. Um but I, I will say too that, that they went up against two pretty good rushing attacks. You know, Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb are two of the best running backs in the NFL. Uh Browns have a very, very good offensive line. Um, you know, they, they torched him for two hundred plus in week one. So you know, I, I do think that's it's gotta be, you know, the, the primary objective for the Saints offense is to establish a running game, especially if Alvin's in the Alvin's end game. Um, that said, you know, the the numbers are pretty surprising to me because when i'm going back and watching some of these panthers games their, their defensive front is really good very athletic very aggressive i think that's probably burned him a couple times um just with with how aggressive they are they're really they're in the backfield very quickly um i think that kind of leaves them open to, to some some potential cutback lanes um but you know, I, I think that's got to be a priority for the Saints still, you know, even if they're going up against a good defensive line, you know, they, they've got to get that going because I, you know, I want to see them air it out more with, with Jameis this year than they did last year, but yeah, not at the expense of of something that's that's really worked well for him in the last five or six years. And that's, um, you know, having a, a healthy run game to complement that, you know, and, and the play action passing game really hasn't been there for the Saints through two weeks. And I think if they're able to kind of get the run game going and stick with it a little bit You know more than they, they were able to in week two against Tampa, um, you know, that could open up some some potential shots downfield for Jameis.
1: I mean, I'm all for throwing the ball deep, but I also really what I want to see is more that not the short passing game or just the throwing it 60 yards, throwing the ball 20, 25, 30 yards to the sideline because those are the throws that Saints fans haven't seen forever, and he can make those throws, and have we seen any of them?
3: Yeah, very few. I mean, he hit on a couple of those in the fourth quarter against um, against Atlanta. Um, you know, but um, they they just kind of weren't there against Tampa. And Tampa was playing a lot of that like kind of cover three stuff that, that takes a lot of those throws away. Um, but still, you know, I, I think you're right. You know, the the intermediate game needs to be there. It can't all just be yeah you know, taking taking the top off the defense with Alave. Um, and I, I think they've got the guys who can do it. You know, I, I think. You know, Juwan johnson in particular is, is somebody who can really kind of help them you know especially in those like 15 25 yards downfield at like in the seam um you know i, I think both jarvis landry and a can be those guys you know I, I don't think that's exactly michael thomas's game but you know i think you gotta you gotta use every part of the field right and they've been using a, a lot of the, the short and deep stuff through two weeks
1: All right, let's take a timeout. I want to get to the defense. There are some concerns. I think some of it's a little bit circumstantial, which you kind of alluded to there uh, with the intermediate passing game. And so we want to talk about that when we come back after this timeout with Luke Johnson of The Advocate and NOLA.com on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: LSU Tigers roar every week here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This Saturday, LSU takes on New Mexico inside Death Valley. Pre-game begins at 430 and kickoff is set for 630. Tune in every weekend to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Before we get back to Luke, I want to remind you about the Angola Prison Rodeo. If you would like to win a family fa- pack of four tickets to see the Angola Prison Rodeo on Sunday, October the 2nd, simply need to text the word Rodeo to 337-283-8100. Text R-O-D-E-O to 283-8100. You might win. Family pack four tickets at Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana, Sports Station. Again, the number is 283-8100. All right, Luke. So on the defensive side, you play, we talked about it a week ago. Played a running quarterback. For whatever reason, they don't they're not good at that. As expected, the defense played much better with a with an immobile quarterback. For most of the game, but in neither game did they get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Is that because of strategy and the, who they're playing, and and Brady getting the ball or quickly, and 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 Mariota being a running, or is there some um, concern here that we need to
3: have? Yeah, I'm I'm not concerned about the pass rush at all. Um, you know, with Brady, you know, they've gotten to him in recent years, but it was it was clear. Uh, that he was doing everything in his power not to let the rush get there you you look back at his eighteen completions first of all he only completed like fifty four percent of his passes against the saints. I think that's pretty good um, you look at back at his eighteen completions, twelve of them came within six yards of the line of scrimmage. He was just getting the ball out quick over and over and over again um, and you know i I just think that that they made a point out of out of doing everything in their power to, to not let the pass rush impact the game. So, you know, I, I just think that at some point here, and maybe as soon as this week, I, I don't think the Panthers front is very good. And I think Baker Mayfield is definitely the kind of guy who likes to take plays long, you know, and, right. and dance around in the pocket and, and try to let guys get open downfield. Um, you know, I, I, I think at some point their pass rush is going to break through. I think it's going to be just fine. They've, they've got They've got a lot of guys. Right, a lot of guys who who I think are very good um, at impacting the game as pass rushers. So, um, so yeah, it, not at all a concern for me. Um, now, you know, obviously, if if we go a couple more weeks, this we're, we're going to run out of excuses for it. But I, I, at this point, I don't think they're I, yeah, I think they're legitimate excuses, and I, I think they're at some point going to get home.
1: How, how 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 much could that help if a Debo plays and plays like it seems like? At the level that he's
3: capable of playing. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I mean, I think the coverage has been pretty good even without a Debo. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's you know it's going to be dependent on on what the other team does to try to avoid that pass rush, honestly. Um, because you know, a, Atlanta was you know they, again, you know, they they have to like stay in these rush lanes and not get too aggressive. And um, and with Tampa, it's it's the quick game, and you know, I, I just think that. At some point, they're going to go up against a, a, a team that's not doing those things, and their the pass rush is going to get home. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think that's even relying upon the coverage. You know, I, I think um, I, I just think that it's it's completely um, so far just just a matter of who they've been playing.
1: So through two weeks, what 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 is your biggest concern? that maybe has arisen that you didn't think that it would or was your concern all along and and it's still here
3: uh, on the defensive side of the ball on, on over any, anywhere oh i i mean it's it's got to be just that this offense has has looked pretty bad for 7 out of the 8 quarters they've played um you know and and i think you know that that was really kind of what what you know this season's kind of hinging on for the saints yeah, I think they're going to be in just about every game they play because of how good their defense is. Um, yeah. I think that defense can play with anybody. I think it might be, it might be the best in the NFL. Um, but, you know, if you're going into a game where you hold a Tom Brady offense to 13 points and three of those points are, you know, coming on a, on a field goal where they went three and out and they just started so deep in Saints territory, you know, and, and you're still losing the game. Yeah, you know, that's that's a concern. <laughs> you know, it, it, they they have to if they're going to be the team that we kind of expected they could be, right? And that's you know a team that's winning, you know, maybe 11, 12 games, um, competing for a, di- a division title and a playoff spot. Um, their offense has to be better than bad, right? It has to be at least at least like a league average offense, like a top 15 offense. And if they're going to be a uh, you know top you're a, or a bottom eight offense, then, you know, that's a, that's a big concern moving forward. You know, I, I think the, it's, it's going to be a lot harder to, to, to go out and win a lot of games when you're not putting a bunch of points on the board. So, I mean, they've got to get better. They got to get better immediately. Like they got to, they got to put up some points against Carolina um, and and kind of get that thing going.
1: What would you say, how, how, what are your initial thoughts on how Dennis Allen has handled the start and how maybe he's a little different than uh, Casper was.
3: Well, you know, I I think it's been it's been pretty solid. Um you know, there's been there's been some moments where, you know, you, you question. Um you know, I I think it's it's fair to, to wonder if Amos is really dealing with with um you know a, a significant back injury that's affecting his play. It's fair to wonder why he's in the lineup. Um you know, and I, I think um, some of these some of these points you, you just didn't see, like having twelve guys on, on the punt return team when they've got um, yeah you know, they're they're pinned deep in their own territory. I mean, that's that's a, a crucial penalty, and that's a coaching penalty, right? But 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 um, that's
1: a special teams coach problem. I mean, obviously, I know it, it falls under the jurisdiction of the head coach, but I don't yeah. know that that's his
3: issue. No, I, I mean, it may it may not be his issue, yeah. but. You know, I don't think these are. That's that's a lot of stuff we saw under Peyton, right? right? I, I think that's that's stuff he's got to get ironed out. I think yes. some of the the clock management stuff has been a little questionable, especially late in the game against Atlanta. You know, I have no idea why they're spiking the ball with 20 seconds left when they're right. setting up a, a field goal, right? It's just there's there's some questionable aspects of of you know his first couple games as head coach, but um, you know, I, I think that's stuff that he's he's going to get ironed out. You know, I, I think Dennis is a good coach and he knows what he's doing. Um, but he's he's in this position for the first time in ten years. You know, he's he's kind of learning too. Um, and, and as far as like the differences, you know, he's, he's clearly a less aggressive coach than than Peyton was. Um, you know, at the end of the first half um, Sunday against Tampa, uh, you know the Saints had an opportunity at what was what would have been like a fifty-seven yard field goal, which is it's within Will Letts' range. You know, I saw him make one from 62 in pregame warmups, um, and uh, you know, he opted to, to punt the ball and, and you know, not risk giving Tampa a short field. Which, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. You know, they, obviously the percentages on 55-plus yard field goals are not great. Um but yeah, you know, that's an area where Peyton probably would have gone for it. But, but but it's also to, again to be I, less aggressive.
1: Right. I, I just think that if the game the game was three to nothing. If the game was twenty to seventeen at the half, I think he probably kicks it. You know what I'm saying? I I just think yeah, when the no, game's I'm three, not three it, to nothing, I'm, yeah. Again,
3: I'm yeah. I'm not saying i I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that that as a as a head coach he's you know and this is something we were kind of looking at going into the season. Peyton was a very aggressive head coach. Yes. And defensive-minded coaches typically are less aggressive, and I think that's the case with Dennis that, too.
1: That, that's fair. All right. The concern um, being perplexed, what do you what, do, what 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 do we even think of Peyton Turner at this point in that situation?
3: Yeah, you know, that's that was that was really surprising. Um you know, and and I asked Dennis Monday for his reasoning, and and I I asked him specifically if it was like a matchup thing because I think the one area where Peyton Turner has been, um, has not been nearly as good as his counterparts is in defending the run, and that was clearly a point of emphasis for the Saints this week. So I asked him if it was, you know, if it was matchup dependent, um, if he wanted Tano Passenio in there because he's a better run defender, and you know, Dennis really didn't say that was the case. So yeah, it's a it's a concern that your 2021 first round pick um, is is a healthy scratch. Um, I you know I think their defensive line is pretty good, but I mean you you expect those guys to play. Um, so you know I I I really don't know what they're going to do with them at this point. Um, you know I, I thought he had a good camp as a as a pass rusher, but um, if they feel like they can't count on him um, in you know certain situations, then you know it's you know, what's what's going on there? I don't know. It's a tough one.
1: All right. W- w- one more question. And, and again, it's hard for me because I'm not there and I don't really understand the process, I guess. But do, does it ever hitch Like, I don't know if you buy what I said earlier about it seems like these first two or three games in this era of football is kind of like preseason mode or level games where they're just kind of feeling their way through it. And if you buy that at all, then do you ever wonder, like, what is the value of... Practice number six. Like, are they really accomplishing anything? If we have to go through this for three weeks, where they're just kind of chaotic, and then it all just kind of then, and we don't even know who you are in
3: the first couple of weeks. Like,
1: why are they yeah. so far behind all the time?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I, you, I don't really understand that either. You know, it, it, because look, you, you only get seventeen games, right? It's not like you. It's not like baseball where you can you can suck for a month and, and still when you're Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it's a, every single one of these outcomes is critical. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't really, you know, it's, it's kind of like you watch like the Packers offense, right? And they're, they're like down near the bottom of the league right now. in a bunch of offensive categories too. And they basically didn't play any of their guys in the preseason. And it's like, well, well why, like I, I understand, not wanting to risk those guys to injury, but you know, you got to be ready. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be ready for the start of the regular season. Obviously, the Saints had had guys who were dealing with injury. You know, Jameis was hurt for a pretty significant portion of camp, and Mike Thomas missed a, a lot of time. And um, you know, there, some of that is just you you wouldn't have been able to get those guys out there anyways. Um, but you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that that you know, they're still building rapport. And they're about to play their third game of the season. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just, so I just think that yeah, you know, it doesn't doesn't really make sense to me to to, to start that in week one, uh, start building that in week one um, when week one is just as important as week seventeen.
1: I agree. I'll never. I, I, I you know, I'm going to start. I, I'm almost like where people say the NFL season. No, the NFL season starts in October. Unfortunately. For for so many of these teams, and the Saints are like near the top of that list. It it, it is very frustrating. All right. Well, we'll see. We could get some answers in Orneville, on uh, in North Carolina on uh, on Sunday, or it could be really uh, rough conversation next week. We will see. I appreciate your time as always, sir. Thank you very much.
3: Yep, my pleasure.
1: Take care, Luke Johnson. No, again, I I I have the same. I just don't get it. I'm, 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 I I I kind of keep saying that that's the case, but why? Like, what are they doing during camp then if they can't be ready for the opener? But it, it just it's been that way for years and years and years. It's I'm with Luke. It's very frustrating. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your own for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Well, I don't think there was a whole lot of surprise there. Uh, Obviously, um, Luke is pretty concerned about where the offense is right now like a lot of people are. I I am as well. Um, But probably not quite um as concerned but again if if it's really really bad again um then we'll we'll I'll start being a little more concerned hope he's right about Peyton Turner hope he's right about the not you know the the lack of a pack, pass rush uh so we'll see that'll do it for the first hour another hour to follow on the game
3: Get ready to relive those rock and roll dance hall favorites with Swamp Pop legend Ryan Foray and Foray Tradition. Coming to Pelican Park, it's the Mercadi Show. This free outdoor concert is held every Wednesday evening from 6 to 8.30 behind the ballpark in Cairnford. Ryan Foray and Foray Tradition started as a two-piece band in a backyard in West wego Louisiana. Bring the family to the Mercadi Show at Pelican Park this Wednesday. No ice chest, please.
0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome in back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. And the Houston Astros. Again, Simulcast on Stadium 32.3-133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. All right. This is a good time. If you would like to get in, comment on any of Luke's thoughts about the Saints. Uh yesterday, anything we discussed about LSU football or on Tuesday, discuss our discussions about Cajun. Football, huge game for the Cajuns. Just, again, you're two and one. It's a conference opener. It's a division um, opener, and so and you're coming off a loss. And there's a lot of concern. There's a lot of criticism. There are a lot of cynics out there. Anytime you have a coaching change, is oh, what are we seeing? And we we've talked about that. And so this is a huge game. I guess you could argue more in the court of public opinion than it is for the for the season, but I think it's for the season as well. I don't think you can overstate how important this game If you start out 0-1, and, you, and in your next two games are South Alabama, who a lot of people don't think the Cajuns are going to beat, and Marshall, who a lot of people don't think the Cajuns are going to beat, then... You know, that you're really putting yourself behind A ball. So I, I think it's a huge game in the court of public opinion. I think it's a huge game in real football and in standings. I mean I, I I think it's huge, huge. And then you've got uh not a big game obviously for LSU. They just coming off a great win. They they got a pleasure cruise this week and then huge game for the Saints, and we just talked about that. So before we uh we get going and go back to the game hotline, I do want to mention there's a four-game schedule, high school football tonight on a Thursday. You have a Anna playing Lafayette High at LCA, and you can hear that game right here on MeTV FM, 97.7 FM, 1330 AM, or on your app, the free mobile app to hear the Wrecking Rams as they take on the Mighty Lions. As far as that matchup, um, obviously it's been a long time, 2006 since since Lafayette High won. I mean, on paper, Lafayette High's biggest weakness is they, um, they they don't defend the pass very well. And they've had a problem with that for a while. It's still an issue. Well, Acadiana doesn't throw it very much. So they in that way, they kind of match up with Acadiana. But still, it, it's it's you have to play elite defense to shut down Acadiana's running game. And we'll see if Lafayette can do that. I think their defense is pretty good. I guess a run, uh, I don't know, against a Katie Anna's running game. We'll see. but um, And on the flip side, the I think Lafayette, to pull off an upset here, Lafayette's passing offense is going to have to get a lot more efficient. Now, the quarterback, Grayson Sonya is really good. He can really run. And he's got a good arm, but their passing uh, offense is still not real efficient. So they're going to need – and, you know, what you need is turnovers. I mean, you just – upsets normally come from turnovers. So we'll see. Katie Anna playing Lafayette High tonight. Famillion is at Loraville. Two teams coming off losses and Famillion's lost two games um, by not a lot of points. So a lot of frustration there I would think with them and that should be a really good matchup. Hanson is at Highland Baptist and Centerville at Generette. So those are the four games tonight on the high school football schedule. If you would like to go out and again, that Acadiana and Lafayette High game is uh, is being played at LCA. Just so in case you didn't get that memo, Lafayette High is not going to be using their their stadium this season for home games. So LCA will be hosting another game tomorrow night at home against Ruston. You know, one of the better games that you're, that you know, options in, in the Acadiana area. Uh, another one of the elite games, I think, is Turlings at Notre Dame at Gardner Memorial in Crawley. That's a really good game tomorrow night. That's where I plan to be. And Westgate is at St. Martinville tomorrow night. Another good game. So um, just wanted to touch on the high school football schedule. And certainly, look, we, we talk mostly pro in college. But uh, always, a- any time, we try to interview high school coaches on our shows and Anytime you want to talk about any of the high school teams in the area, certainly feel free. I, um, It's hard to, you know, there's so many of them. There's 30-something teams in our area that we kind of pay attention to, and so it's hard to focus on any of them, but, you know, the more high-profile matchups. But any, any game or any team you want to discuss, again, certainly feel free. You know, I, I also failed to mention, tomorrow it's not in our area which is why I failed to mention it but St. Thomas More's at Catholic of Baton Rouge I you know arguably the best game in the state I don't know the whole schedule but it's hard to get a much better high more high profile game than that so big time game there uh STM at Catholic of Baton Rouge and again you can hear that game right here on the game 1037 Lafayette all right let's go to the game hotline hello Kevin Howdy, this is sir. Mark, the how
4: you want to win, guy? I hope you have done your homework this week. Although I don't think you have to have done a whole lot of uh, wrangling. To me, it's pretty simple. This last game was a division game. It's the Bucks. It was they are very physical defense. We know they're a top five, and we didn't have Kamara, et cetera, et cetera. Looking forward, I'm gonna tell you how I want to win the game. I want to get to 30 points. I want to do it by ball control. I don't care if the drive takes 10 minutes. I want to wear them out doing it like that. I want to limit McCaffrey because, for whatever reason, he's a little stud to us. But that's really one-dimensional. And then I'm going to listen to you, Kevin, what you got.
1: All right, thanks. I. because there's so much fretting about the offense, I tend to agree with you. I want to run the football and hit big plays off of a successful running game and i i I you know a perfect score for me, you know 31's the magic number for this franchise over the years and so i, I i'm'm I'm, I like, kind of like 31 so I you know I'm thinking uh 31 you know 14 or something like that would be. 31-13 would be just a perfect score for me you know I don't know how much la la lands gonna work but um but the, he's that's what this segment is about uh, Mark calling. it's about what in a perfect world how do you want I want to run the football I agree with Mark and hit big pass plays off of a successful running game play good defense and uh 3113 sounds like the perfect dream score. For 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 me, all right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
4: Morning, foot. How's it going, oh, brother? Man.
2: brother? <laughs> hey.
1: The Lord. Astros never lose, and so that part is going great. It's almost going too good. It's making me worried. And 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 in the Saints, who knows? Tr- you know, we'll see. It's a huge, huge, <laughs> huge, huge, huge game Sunday.
4: I learned the best medicine for this this season while wow. focusing on baseball. <laughs> Right. That's why I'm okay, Foot. I'm not when, when baseball season is over, then I'm gonna worry about this thing. I'm gonna finish this season strong. That's how I'm looking at it. That's how you gotta finish. you gotta think about it, Foot. Because your Astros they kinda winning, but I mean that's gonna get that's your medicine. You know what I mean? And our Yankees is winning. So I mean, that's great medicine, you know? Woo Foot, luck. Well you
1: bet when, I, you I, better I, you better hope you better hope, um, you better hope Judge don't get many hits for the, here in the rest of the season. Or I don't know how he's going to get many hits in October. If you, if oh, you hit, he's,
4: he's He's getting hits, if, but if I, you know that hit. If you
1: hit, if you hit 500 in September, it's hard to do much in, in October. I'm just telling you how that. I works. don't
4: believe in super That's not superstition.
1: That. That's math. That's two plus two equals four. No, no, no. It,
4: there's there's no superstition
1: involved in it. It's just math. If it was that no, easy, no. everyone. Going, if it was that easy, elite hitters would hit 400 every year. It hadn't happened since 1941 because it's not that easy.
4: First time for everything, but no, trust no, me. No. This, this guy's elite. This, this guy, I, I, I see it. If they I, I, to, he walked him last night after a while. So if they throw him the pitches and not walking, which I hate when they walk my guys, I think that's stupid. Give the guy a chance.
1: No. No, it's not stupid. It's stupid to throw the ball over the plate and put it on a T form like they keep it's doing. It's
4: baseball. It's baseball. No, that ain't Most baseball. The ball, that's stupid. The got a chance to hit the ball. No.
1: No. No, I, that's When it stupid.
4: comes to my guys, that's how I feel. Well, when no, anybody no. else team, I said you are welcome. But look, this man is about to break this record. We about to go to the much. I told y'all what was going to happen. Break what record? He's not okay, getting a get 7. Get, he's not hitting 70 of some homers. We got to get out of and get through the September. I told y'all what was going to happen. We get healthy. We 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 going. And we're going to get on that winning streak. I told you what was going to happen, and so far I have been right. I'm not saying we're going to go on just, a 10-game winning streak or 13. But we're going to win. We're going to get healthy. We're going to be hitting that ball again. And we're going to start – watch what we're going to do in the playoffs. We I only see. got about 14 games left, but
2: – Oh, I And know. We,
4: we can just right. Woo! Have anybody ever won the MVP and won the World Series same year?
1: I, I'm sure it's happened, but I I don't – I'd have to I'd have to look
4: that uh, up. I don't, I don't course, worry about I'm, MVPs. I'm, Team's in trouble, foot. team's in trouble. I mean, you could we gonna celebrate together when our Yankees get to that World Series, my brother? <laughs> hey, I, I, that's all I have. Oh, all right, last take care. Don't ever quote Rockefeller. Don't quote that man. Okay, something wrong with him. Okay. Don't ever quote that man. He okay. is just all wrong, except when it comes to fishing. He's just all wrong and delusional.
1: <laughs> have a good one. All bro. right, take care. All right, one more before we get to uh to to the guru after our next time out hello
5: hey morning but
1: good morning sir
5: oh man what a privilege it is to, to follow the great and 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 crazy delusional one Paul huh
1: well uh but, I, I guess that's one way of putting it yeah
5: uh well all right I gotta clarify some things he said that I went missing in action. When he was the one that went missing in action, I tried calling his phone. He would never answer. He's never at work. He's always showing up late at work. I know I, I've he's missed my call so many times. I've memorized his voicemail, and it goes a little something like this. Hi, right, you have reached the bus, man, of Paul, a.k.a. Delusional Yankees fan. I wasn't able to answer your call at the moment because I was too worried about... Our 23 uh, World Series titles we have won. <laughs> I've been, we have gonna win a World Series title since our last one in 2006. But this is our year. October's <laughs> right around the corner, and we're gonna take off. We're gonna take off, even though.
6: Gonna explain
5: that we ain't making out the first round. <laughs> Leave a message after the beat. Beep. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. He, was, he hes lost his ever-loving mind. Oh, yeah. And like that, I keep trying to tell him, he needs to listen to you more, Foot, and he needs to listen to Rockefeller. Y'all are two smart genius guys. Rockefeller made another good point yesterday. I have to say that too. I have to count That—that's that, my buddy from Rockefeller, man. Hopefully, he'll give me some fish one day. But anyway. Yeah, no, don't, don't, don't listen to that guy, Paul. He done lost his mind. I think he's not even taking his medication anymore. But anyway, thanks for taking All my right. call, and go Red Sox and go Cowboys.
1: All right, take care. Who the Cowboys got a big one? We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But, um, man, a lot of people think the midgets are going to be 3-0 and after that game. Monday night, Cowboys-Midgets. Could happen. Could happen. I don't really like the Cowboys' chances of winning that game, I got to tell you. I think um, I think Big Blue's going to be 3-0. We will see. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back and shift gears, talk fantasy football with the guru next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Whoa. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you it's time to face your worst nightmare. If you would like to win the game's 13th gate giveaway, we did this last year and I explained then. I'm not a big Haunted House person. Some people are, some people aren't. But if you are, you could win VIP tickets to the legendary Haunted House attraction where you can scream and scream and scream and scare yourself on purpose. Simply register at the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to win a pair of VIP tickets to the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, Guru, are you a haunted house person?
7: Hey, Kevin. Uh, then, no, I'm not. Not really. I would be down to go to one, though. I haven't been to one in a while. Maybe this year with Halloween. Yeah.
1: Maybe you need Coming to up. go to the 13th <laughs> gate. Oh, yeah,
7: Cat. I ain't scared. I'll do it.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, so that's, in other words, the 13th gate is not as frightening as, like, um, trying to handicap the Raiders-Titans game from a fantasy standpoint, or which one's worse? which one's more of a nightmare?
7: Oh, man. Yeah, I'd probably say they're trying to handicap a lot of these games. <laughs> and yeah, Raiders Titans is one of them because we just don't know. Although I think it'll be. Yeah, I know both teams are 0 and 2 and struggling, but I think that might be good for fantasy because I feel like they'll both be playing with their backs against the wall where they should both score a lot of points. I mean, neither defense is that good.
1: um, You know, the the, the issue. If you own Derrick Henry, how concerned are you that he's on the downside after all the carries he's had in his career?
7: Very concerned. Very good. I I regret. I have him in a couple of leagues, including our league. I I regret drafting him already. I know it's two weeks. You you just have to stay the course if you did draft him, but definitely worried because it's one of those things an aging running back, when they get off to this bad of a start, is never a good sign. And he's definitely off to a brutal start. I know the Bills are a great defense, so he should have better days ahead. But I don't think he's going to be the, like the old Derrick Henry. He's getting 130, 150 yards, two touchdowns a game. Those days
1: are over. Now, with the Raiders, you have a new play caller, a new offense. And it was fairly encouraging the first week. The second week was not. I guess, you know, the jury's still out on what the Raiders are going to be offensively. But I'm sure quite a few Raider offensive players were taken. Uh, or how, how do you kind of see them?
7: Yeah, I think they will be okay. Derek Carr is not also a great star, but he's still respectable. And then Devontae Adams, we know what he is. Darren Waller has been pretty solid. Hunter Renfro did a little better last week. He's in concussion protocol now and I might not play this week. So there's just... I feel like it's just kind of one of those deals where you know what you're getting with them. Like, you know, of course, Carr is a quarterback, Josh Jacobs has been the main running back. He hadn't done too much for fantasy yet, but better days are ahead for him. He should start seeing some red zone, end zone looks, and getting touchdowns. And he's been their primary back, and then Adams are in for a wall on the three. I mean, targets, you pretty much know what you're getting there. They kind of lack depth. If one of their big weapons gets hurt, then that'll definitely hurt their offense and car because they don't have much behind them.
1: I think one of the toughest decisions to make in fantasy, depending on how your roster is comprised, is like tonight. You know, when you have these Thursday night games and you have an injury to one of your normal starters on Sunday and you don't really know if they're going to be available and you have a player playing on Thursday who's not probably a starter, but you would consider playing, how do you normally handle that situation?
7: Hmm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of tough to gauge. It just kind of depends. Like if you're saying, like if you have a player that's like injured and you're wondering if you should replace him with a Thursday player. Well,
1: for instance, I got Gabriel Davis, who I like, but he didn't play last week. He was hurt, and he didn't practice yesterday, or he was limited in practice yesterday, and then I've got Amari Cooper playing tonight who, you know, was not one of my top three wide receivers, and yet he had over 100 yards receiving last week.
7: Yeah, 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 that is tricky. That is tricky because you don't know, like, I mean, honestly, you'd probably rather Gabe Davis or, you know, or Michael Pittman or whatever your injured player would be, but you also don't want to take a zero if they don't play again. Right. So it, it just depends on how good the Thursday player is. Honestly, if uh, it didn't also depends on what else you have on your bench. And if you, if you don't really have anything else, if Cooper is all you have or whatever the Thursday player is for those that have Gabe Davis and Pittman, then I'd probably play the Thursday player if you're kind of thin there and don't have any backup plans. If you have a decent backup plan where you could pivot in case Davis or Pittman or whoever it might be doesn't play, then then I wouldn't mess with the Thursday player. I just hope your big dog ends up active.
1: With with what the Steelers have done so far on offense and the injuries that they have on defense and how ineffective their offensive line was most of last year and seems to be so far this year. Like if you have the like if you have Deontay Johnson or. Or for me, Firemuth or any of these? Are you playing them right now? I mean, the, 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 the offense doesn't look very functional.
7: Yeah, I'd probably still play him with Firemuth. He's, he's still a top-10 scoring tight end because of the position. So, thin. he's been a lot better than Kyle Pitts, so I'd, I'd still play him. And then Deontay hadn't been great either. But he's still, he gets so many targets. He's a clear target hog in the offense. So, where both of those, I'd say, are worth playing. Anyone else there, no. And Najee, you know, Najee, Beyonce Fry, Because they get volume. You know, the offense isn't pretty, but if you're getting volume, that can make up for
1: stuff. Okay, so I know it's just two weeks, so let's talk about some of the first-round running backs that we're taking. Najee and Dalvin Cook, how did he do last week?
7: Oh, you forgot to mention the ones that are doing good. Come on now. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm
1: just starting. Tell me, like, the first-round running backs, I, I, how – now, Saquon's doing well. So far. It looks like he could be uh probably he might have been picked in the second round in a lot of fantasy leagues after, you know, not really playing much the last two seasons.
7: Right, right. Yeah, and McCaffrey's also a good start. You know, Taylor didn't do as well this past week, but he's overall I'd say okay, you know, DeAndre Swift's doing well, Joe Mixon's all right. So it's been, it's what about been Ecular? Are, are, it's are you... Henry, I know is not doing good. So it's been, it's been like kind of a mixed bag. But that's a lot of times how it is. You know, you can't have like every, not not every first round running back's gonna pan out. I mean, we talk about this every year.
1: <laughs> I, 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 absolutely. All right. So I've been saying in terms of just real football uh, that this is pre- we're in preseason still, and so don't trust, don't believe anything you seeing other than injuries. And what the record is, um, in fantasy, it, do, do you have to kind of remind yourself of that as well? Like, yeah, some of these teams have new coaches or they have new quarterbacks and person new personnel. Don't put, don't make too many rash decisions based on what you see the first two weeks. How, how, how do you feel about that from a fantasy perspective?
7: Yeah, it's tricky because you want you don't want to overreact too much. but then when you see a guy like Derrick Henry looking really rough, you're like, "Man, should I bench him?" He just stinks right now. But I probably side more on the love what you said about not taking these first two weeks too serious. You got to look at the data, though. You can't ignore it because I mean, this is technically regular season. I know a lot of teams look rough out there, but I mean, it's just the data is definitely you still got to look at it and see who's been getting used in key roles who's getting those red zone looks and all that stuff. So, you got to definitely look at it. But, yeah, you also have to not overreact too much as far as, like, if you've got – think have a good example of one that's also a good start, like Curtis Samuel. I mean, I feel like he's – I wouldn't say he's a
5: fluke, but
7: I also wouldn't go starting him over. If you've got, a, like, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, and, like, you know Michael Pittman. You know a factory so I wouldn't go starting him over those guys, even though he's
1: been just as good as them through two weeks. The, you know, then you have situations like the Texas running back situation. The first week, you know, Pierce didn't get much. Now he didn't do a lot. Like, what do you make of their 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 running back rotation with Pierce and Burkhead right now?
7: Yeah, that's, it, it. I would still go Pierce. Uh, he didn't do as well the first week, but he did better last week. And he's just—he's more of a running back and the two Burkheads More that if they fall behind, like the third down back, and it's not really—he's not really a true running back. I don't feel like or Pierce Pierce has that inning where he can carry the load. Hopefully, he could start seeing more receptions too. But that's probably going to be more Burkheads. And So neither one is that great. But if I had to pick one, I'd go Pierce.
1: All right, so. You know I have great respect for the Eagles because the Saints, as I've said many times, have zero chance of beating the Eagles in Philly, and they and the Eagles just absolutely own the Saints. So, but but Hurts, forget about Saints versus Eagles. I mean, Hurts is this guy going to be one of the two or three or four MVPs in the league this year? Fantasy wise, I'm it's talking.
7: Possible. About. It's possible. It's possible. Heard a lot of people talking about him as an MVP candidate. He's a trendy pick right now. Which that's usually not a good sign. <laughs> okay. End up the trendy pick, hot time doesn't do it. But that just, for fantasy, he is. He's one of the top five fantasy quarterbacks. You know, in real life, I don't know how consistent he'll stay, but for fantasy, he's he's up there. Because even if his passing, like his passing this year has been really good, he's been a strong passer, even if that doesn't stay his rushing abilities, he needs. To where like Lamar Jackson is with the rush, and he he'll he'll still be up there. So if you have him, enjoy the ride, and just you know he's one of those few must-start quarterbacks. There's not many of those out there these days.
1: All right, so I I, I mentioned earlier there's some I think some just awful on paper fantasy matchups. On at first glance, Packers at Yucks. Sunday late afternoon is a great fantasy matchup, but it might be a terrible fantasy matchup. How many of those guys are you playing if you have them?
7: Oh, it's a terrible fantasy matchup. I don't care if it's Rodgers and Brady. I've got to have this discussion. It's be like, oh, it's, oh, Brady, Rodgers, this will be a shootout. Like, no, they won't. These teams are completely different. Brady and Rodgers are old. I mean, they're not themselves. They're still solid. They're still above average quarterbacks, but they're not. This is not the days where Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are top five quarterbacks. This is not this is not that. This is these teams are completely different. They both change their identities to where they're both more run heavy, defensive minded teams and I think this the the game's gonna reflect that to where the over under total for really week is one's the lowest total set by Vegas. And when the totals low like that you generally can't expect much for fantasy. And so I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm siding on that side of the And field. don't forget,
1: just, we were talking about haunted houses. The state of Florida is a haunted house to Aaron Rodgers in his career, especially Tampa. Exactly.
7: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people dismiss that, but Aaron Rodgers as we all know, he's a mental. Like, he's mental, like He always gets his... So I, I, I'm buying into these friends. I mean, and let's see. They, it, would, it would shock me if that ends up a shootout because Brady has no weapon. Rodgers has no weapon. That's another thing. Even if they were their old selves. They have. They both are like lacking in weapons right now. Evans is suspended. Rogers, they lost Adams and never replaced him. Their receivers stink, so it's, it could be ugly in that one. The
1: Sunday night game it would not surprise me if that's an ugly defensive game. The Cheaters at the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos have moved the ball, but haven't scored much. And 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 who knows? I mean, what, what do you? How do you even look at the Cheaters right now from a fantasy standpoint with all the change they've had?
7: Yeah, they're an interesting case. I still think they'll be pretty solid because, I mean, they, they're lucky that they were able to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. That's, that's crazy how that worked out. They're ready to just dump him for nothing. And then they were like, ended up working something out to where now they need him bad. And so it, that's worked out well for them. But as far as fantasy, it's – I mean, Trey Lance, we figured was going to have some growing pain. So for fantasy, it's really isn't a big deal of anything. It might be a help because we know – how Debo is going to do with Garoppolo. He does really well. We know Kittle, when healthy, does well with Garoppolo. You know, if anything, this might hurt IU so I was and IU might take a big step with Trey Lance. And out of Jimmy, I don't see him doing much. And then Denver. Yeah, Denver's just, they just can't get out of their own way. I mean, Russ, and, I mean, Russ is okay, but he's just. And then and judy might not play he's another one like we mentioned like gabe davis might not play. judy's on that highly questionable. I'm playing sunday night that's probably not one i'd want to mess with especially against the 49ers
1: were you encouraged from a jeff wilson standpoint he had what 90 something yards rushing and about 20 receiving
7: yeah yeah i was encouraging to see him as the lead back and now that Ty Davis Price is out, he should continue to see the lion's share of the work. They did. they bring it they brought in your boy Marlon Mack. Maybe he could get some work, but I wouldn't trust that. I'm thinking Wilson's the main main back to start there for now. He's a decent, like flex with running back to upside.
1: All right. So are there we've mentioned several of them. Are there any other injuries that own fantasy owners ought to really pay attention to over the next few days?
7: Yeah, they got a few, you know, James Conner was uh, was uh, limited yesterday, but that was a good sign that he saw the practice field, so he should be good. Definitely keep an eye on it, though. Uh, yeah, Hunter Renfro in concussion protocol. Didn't practice yesterday. Keep an eye on that Judy I mentioned in practice yesterday. Not looking good for him. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, once again, highly questionable. I'd probably stay away from him being at the Patriots. And then and, you know, Jameis. I mean, you keep an eye on Jameis. He's I mean, I don't, I don't go too far down this rabbit hole. we sure am discussed it plenty during the week. Because Saints fans have heard enough about Jameis, but it just—I mean—he did not look right in that game. So keep an eye on that and make sure he's a hundred percent. Because if not, then that could change a lot of the Saints fantasy prospects for this week.
1: You still trust in Ceedee Lamb?
7: Uh, I guess. I mean, he still—he still—he got a lot of targets, and Cooper rushed. Didn't look too bad last week. I just man, the Dallas offense. Even even though it did pretty well, better than I expected last week. I'm still not that big on it. So if you have C D, don't trust him as anything more than a flex.
1: All right, I uh, see a lot of ugly matchups here. We'll see how it plays out uh, fantasy wise uh, this week. It, it's been it, it's been uh, interesting so far to me, and uh, we've got I think the prime time games. Uh, may not be good for fantasy this week, so we'll see how that plays out. I appreciate your time, Guru. Thank you very much.
7: Yeah, no problem, Kevin. And, yeah, Troy, if you're listening, I know Tua did well. He's looking up. I might have to eat my words from the preseason, but it was just one week. Let's see if he can do it
1: again. Oh, absolutely. Still in the preseason. No, what a fabulous – now, again, I've been talking about all the bad – uh, fantasy looking matchups: Bills at Dolphins. That that might be the fantasy matchup of the week by far. I mean, so could be lots of fantasy points uh, in that matchup. We'll see how it plays out. Thank you, Guru.
4: Yes, indeed, no problem.
1: All right, we'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on. The game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111, if you would like to get in. Got a few more minutes. Did a lot of interviews today. We got a little time to call in. Lots, you know, I I think from a fantasy standpoint, it's not a good schedule. I think most of the matchups that we talked about in the last segment of the Guru were not good, but, but that Dolphin Bills one looks like could be a good one. I mean... You know the Ravens bills one last. I mean, the Ravens Dolphins game last year was was a great fantasy game. tremendous, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh did want to mention a few baseball since um we had a little Yankee talk there and Red Sox talk a little bit earlier, but uh, we talked about how the Braves have a couple games left and uh, one of them is today, the Mets are not on the schedule. The Braves play the Phillies tonight on the road. Uh, six fifteen start, and it's the I think it's the Fox National game, or um, I think it's regional. It's like, uh, and if the, there's a Thursday night Fox game, it's either Red Sox and Yankees or Braves and Phillies. I would think down here we get the Braves and Phillies, but I don't know how that works. But uh, the, the, those are the two games that they're going to be focusing on. You got Max Freed against Ranger Suarez, and then Michael Walker against Jameson on It uh, the the Red Sox might actually have the, you know pretty close i would think between tie on and but the way the yankees have been hitting lately it'll be interesting to see what happens in that when the mets by the way over the weekend were playing at oakland and i know oakland's not good but earlier this season that the yankees found out about it's not an automatic it's not a layup the astros found out the a's are not a layup and the mariners have lately have found out that the a's are not a layup so mariners need to win some games who Mariners play at Oakland again today. Haven't been going well for the Mariners, so we'll see. The Astros play the Orioles, and the Astros just swept the Rays, so the Rays fans are probably a little concerned. The Mariners haven't been playing well, so they're probably a little concerned. And the Astros can do both of those teams a lot of favors if they could beat the Orioles. But the Astros have really struggled with the Orioles in their last two series, like really bad. Now, three series ago, Beginning of last year, they went to Baltimore and just demolished him. Had one of those, you know, like the Yankees did yesterday, and uh, that made me pretty uncomfortable. But um, but so I don't know what to expect. I mean, the Astros are really due to lose, really due to lose. And this is going to be the Trey Mancini return to Baltimore. They played against him, but it was in Houston. Now he's going to be going back to Baltimore where he had spent his whole career. So who knows what's going to happen in that I, uh, the Astros could certainly help make the Rays fans and the Mariners fans f- and players feel a little more comfortable if they could win two or three. I don't think sweeping them's even a possibility, but I, I just I didn't really think sweeping the Rays was a possibility either because it had never happened before, and uh, and yet it just happened. So. I don't know. We'll see how, how all of that plays out. But, no, some I know it's all football right now, and I get why, but there there are some important baseball games. Just wanted to point a few of those things, games out. Um, on the other side of all this football talk. All right, let's go to the game hotline with Rockefeller. Hello.
6: The only one need to win some games is us. they the same. we got a tough season to ahead of us. The Astros don't need to win no game. The <laughs> Astros can lose a 10-game losing streak right now. They can they can use that. Oh, the Saints uh, need to win some games,
1: Kevin. I don't I don't need, need ten in a row. Game. How about five and five in the next ten? That's what I'll vote. Like five and five. How about that? For the Astros? Yeah, Astros seven and five. Oh, no, go seven and five. Losses is enough.
6: You see, you want it all. Five and five. That's still, that's still winning. That's five hundred. You want to go two and eight next ten?
1: Oh no, I don't want to do that. I, I want seven and five. I think they got twelve games left. I want to go seven and five.
6: Got twelve left, seven and five. No, twelve left, twelve left. Go five and seven. Take it like <laughs> oh, that.
1: Oh, oh, man.
6: Five and seven. You still want to win? You talking about winning, but you want a I five know. and five. You it want five hundred.
1: It just makes me feel a seven and five is not great. I don't yeah, want to no, fall I mean, apart. That's I, that's I just don't want to. games
6: I, above five hundred.
1: I know, I know.
6: So if you got a twelve game season and you seven and five, most likely you're gonna make the playoffs, huh? Yeah. All right. So all right. What you want? You want to win too much. You see I told you that. 5 and 5 that's too much. You want to go 5 and 7 for them last 12. And don't listen to what Paul tell you, okay? Don't listen to anything what Paul say. You don't have any credibility anymore. He pulled for the Boston Celtics in the playoffs last year. Don't listen to what he's saying.
1: By okay, okay, the way, it and matter I matter what he's saying. No, but by the way, speaking of the Celtics, I I I, I, must, I know I seen that. Am I missing something? That. Like, apparently, there's a team rule where the coach you can't have a, a a relationship, a personal relationship with someone else in the organization. I get that, but that's mm-hmm. not like criminal. I mean, he's out for the whole season. Like, I, am I missing something? Yeah, I mean, I
6: yeah. I was I was listening to that a while ago, and I'm like, oh man. I say, well. I don't care. I'm happy anyway. Who cares? if they if he out for the season or whatever. I mean, I'm just, you know. I mean, I just. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like like I say, it's a crazy situation, man. We don't know if he had a relationship going or whatever and stuff like that. We don't know what kind of relationship they had. You know, people saying they don't know if it was, you know, just a regular conversative relationship or it was consensual sexual sexual relationship. Right, but even if it was, that's not criminal. Going on, you know, but something going on. It's against you know, their team rules.
1: Though. It might be immoral, but it's not criminal. I, I just don't. I'm, I don't know. I just don't. I don't. Something's not adding up here. I'm missing something.
6: Yeah, but like I said, Paul don't have any credibility because Paul said the other day he told us head up to our face. Y'all always crying about Tom Brady and this and that when he always crying and fussing and running up to people. That's just playing with passion. That he loved the game. That's all. Y'all don't get mad. He loved the game. I said, oh, he loved the game. You don't want to go out back and that can get away with that. Chase you ain't on the field. Scream in your face, holler, curse, and everything else, call your name. You're the only one that can get away with that, but you're the only one that have passion for the game, I guess. You're the only one that want to win and all that stuff. I'm telling you, Paul has started pulling for the Celtics, and the man started backing up Tom Brady for everything. So that right there tell you, don't listen to a thing that man is saying. Y'all have a good day, <laughs> <Okay>. y'all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always drilling each other. Man. Y'all get angry. I, um, no, I, I don't. The the thing I, I mentioned, speaking of Brady and, and and his game this week, the Yucks and the and the Packers is. It really is. If you, I remember, it came up was it the beginning of last year. Was it two years ago? Just all the disaster games that Aaron Rodgers has had, and again he doesn't play in Florida that often. It's not like that's a huge sample size, but. Um. The games that he's played in Florida, including the Saints in Jacksonville last year, just nightmare. game. Like, I don't know what it is. The state of Florida and, and him don't mix for some reason. You know, he seems to love the beach and all that kind of stuff. Maybe, you know, I don't know. He didn't, he's uncomfortable around older retiree people that live in Florida. I, mean, I have no idea. I mean, it's just crazy. But, but he, he, the amount of, Awful games he's had in the state of Florida for someone who's an elite quarterback in his career is kind of alarming. It's kind of shocking, surprising. So we'll see if that can. And there's no reason to think he's going to have a good game this game. He's playing against an elite defense. On the road against an elite defense. You know, it's hard to run the ball on the yucks. They've been an elite defense for a while. They've been hard to run on for a while. They've got elite running back. I mean, a linebacker. So um, I, I just don't see that as a very good fantasy game at all. And it's a it, there's a long list of not good fantasy games. Now, another one that could be a really good fantasy game is the Lions and the Vikings. The Vikings did great the first week, terrible the second week. The Lions have been pretty offensive in, their, in both games this cat saint brown might you know is having one of the best seasons of a of a of a of a guy wide receiver for the lions that the average fan probably never even heard of unless they do fantasy um and so that that i think those are might on paper might be the two best fantasy games bills dolphins of course the bills defense might take offense to me saying that cuz they're pretty good and the and the vikings and the lions we'll see how all of that plays out all right that'll do it for this Segment. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, the game clubhouse. Want to remind you, if you have not joined, you need to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today could help you with a date, um, oh, my team lost, I just need a, to chill out a little bit, and eat some good food, all kind of reasons why you might want to take part in the game clubhouse, so you could win such prizes as a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser's Steakhouse, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, and you know all kind of things, other big prizes that we've been talking about recently it, that you could win if you join the clubhouse. So do so today. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, so... Tomorrow it is Friday. We've kind of sort of maybe survived Sunday's awful game. Um, and there's plenty to be concerned about with the Saints. There's plenty to be concerned about with the Cajuns. You know, we'll talk about this a little more tomorrow, but specifically with the Cajuns. I, again, I, I'm worried that there's a, there's a sentiment out there. I kind of felt it last week with Rice thinking this was going to be Kind of a, oh, no, they're in a level below the Cajuns. Eh, I didn't feel real comfortable hearing that. And I think there's some thought process out there that Monroe is as well. And I don't really feel too good about that. For the last five games between, you know, there was the pandemic season where the Cajuns put up 70 on the Warhawks. And that was a season that you just, I mean, you just have to erase that season for when talking about them kind of like this kind of like the Saints Katrina season you just gotta erase it every other game there's only been one blowout in this series if you take out the pandemic year there's only been one blowout in this series in like the last decade like every other game was close uh this idea that and and there's a lot of question marks on this Cajun team right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So, I expect the Cajuns to play pretty inspired football, but you know, I don't I don't think they're any higher level now. They've accomplished more than Monroe has in recent years, obviously, but I don't think I think this is. Maybe a hair over a toss-up, but that's it. And it it was like that last year. And it was like that three years ago. And it was like that four years ago. I don't – I think this is not anywhere near what I I feel good about this game. So we'll see how that plays out on Saturday. Again, we'll talk about all these – it's a big – not for LSU, but for the other teams and plenty of high school teams, huge football weekend, very significant games moving forward. Appreciate Guru and Luke coming on and the phone calls. Y'all have a nice day.